just glance up at the screens. I want to bring your attention to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning at verse number 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. The word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at the time when Eli was laid down in his place in the temple, his eyes began to wax dim. That he could not see, and ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of the covenant was, and Samuel, Samuel was laid down to sleep, and the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, uh, "Here I am." And he ran to Eli and said, "Here I am." Uh, for thou callest. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Lay back down. He went and laid down, and the Lord called yet again. Aren't you thankful he'll keep calling you? (laughs) Uh, Samuel, Samuel. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli said, I call not. My son, go lay back down. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Oh, my God. He's living in the church. He's serving in the church. But he didn't know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel, again, the third time. He arose, went to Eli and said, Here am I. Thou didst call me. And Eli perceived the backslidden preacher finally realized that it was the Lord that was calling Samuel. Therefore Samuel said to Eli, Go lie down. And it shall be if God calls thee, thou shalt say, speak, Lord. Everybody shout, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood in the temple and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak for thy servant heareth. And then verse 19, and that's where we'll find our text. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did not let none of God's words fall to the ground. And our subject this morning is growing into 
what's next. Father, thank you for your presence. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there's pleasure forevermore. Touch these words that come out of my mouth so that it may strengthen and give vision to the people. And everybody shout in the name of Jesus. Tell three people I'm, I'm still growing. I'm, I'm, I'm still three people learn to follow instructions in the church house. I'm still growing. Now, in Judges 21, 25, we, we see the ending of an era where the judges, God would raise up judges to rule over the people when uh, there was no king. But the scripture says in Judges 21, 25, that every man did that was right in his own eyes. So every man's opinion was his king. Every man's mindset uh, was his king. Every, every man's thought process was his king. Nobody was looking to God because their own thought process was their God. It kind of reminds me of the age we're living today. But we go from Judges 21, 25, right into our context in 1 Samuel 3 and 1 that says the word of the Lord uh, was precious in those days and there was no open vision. Now, the Hebrew word for precious here uh, means that uh, the word was insufficient in the house, that the word, it was rare to get a word in the house, that, that it was scarce to get a word from God. How do you have church with no word from God? Their opinions became the word of the Lord. What they wanted to do and how they did it became their word from God. Be part of verse 1. And there was no vision. There, uh, God's view wasn't considered in the house of the Lord. God's thoughts were not considered uh, in the house of the Lord. Their minds were already made up on what they were going to do and how they were going to do it. Now, now, Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, families perish. Now, Paul said something in Romans 1 and 22. He said uh, in the last days that people would profess themselves to be wise but they've become fools. I wish Mr. T was here this morning. Nobody can tell you you're a little fool like Mr. T can. 
He said they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like a corruptible man. In other words, they was worshiping man and the thoughts of man. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness. Uh-oh. Lord, y'all is quiet as church mice here right now. Mm-hmm. Through the lust of their flesh and their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Uh-oh, if I had a chance in time, which I know I don't, I, I, I would show you that they served the creature more than the creator and they had vile affections. Uh-oh, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to be politically incorrect if I go on here, so I, I, I better lease, I better lease that alone. So the people were going to church, but they were perishing. Perishing because of their own mindset. Perishing because their opinion of what was right and wrong was their own mindset. Perishing, perishing because they wanted to do everything their way instead of God's way. Verse number two, it's going to get better, I promise. Just buckle your seatbelt. Eli the priest was laid down in the temple. His eyes were getting dim, uh, and, and he could barely see. Now, now you remember Eli. He, he thought Hannah, when Hannah came to church, I mean, it was so rare that somebody prayed at the altar in the church. He thought she was drunk. And, and she said, uh, not so, my Lord. Uh, uh, your, your daughter has not been drinking. I, I, I'm just desperate, and I need the Lord to come see about me. I, I'm wondering if there's anybody in the house today or watching online that needs the Lord to come see about you. If you're here, shout amen. No, shout amen. So, so, so Eli says, uh, 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 go in peace, daughter. The Lord has granted uh, your petition. Now, you, you've got to keep in mind that Hannah had come to the temple, had come to Shiloh uh, with Elkanah and the family because it was the Feast of Tabernacles. She, she had come, they were there for 21 days. She, now, now, Panana, she, she had been cranking out babies left and right, and on the way to Shiloh, uh, the kids, you know how kids will do when they're traveling. They're just pushing each other, jumping on top of one another. I know your kids are more dignified than that, but I've been around some of you. I mean, uh, they, they were just having a time. But Hannah was grieving. Hannah, the one thing Hannah wanted, uh, she couldn't have. She was grieving. But now, but now she gets a rare word from the Lord. 
Oh, Lord, have mercy. And, and then let me, let me digress into 1 Samuel 1, 21, where Hannah gives birth to, to, Elka, uh, to Samuel. Elkanah, Elkanah is going to the temple because it's the Feast of Tabernacles again. Verse 22, look at, look at uh, verse number 22 of 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1. But Hannah, everybody say, but Hannah... I said, I'm not going to church. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm not going to church today uh, until I wean Samuel. He can't grow into what's next until he's able to feed himself. Uh, see, your growth depends on a healthy diet. See, the, the definition of wean here means not to detach or to lose, but to change up your diet so you can grow up. Push your neighbor and say, just grow up. Just wait. I know they need to wake up. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I was wondering when I read this, whose number do you need to block so you could grow up? Whose number do you need to change? Or maybe you need to change your number. So you can grow into what's next. What, what, what people and places and things do you need to wean yourself from? Oh, that's a word right there. Now, now, 2 Thessalonians 1 and 3, Paul said, I thank God for you always. This is the church he raised up in Thessalonica. He said, oh, I thank God for because your faith is growing exceedingly. 1 Peter 2 and 2. Okay. Newborn babes desire the milk of God's word so they can grow. Now, now, when you're a baby, you need milk. It, it, it strengthens your bones. It gives you good structure. But see, but we've got fat little babies around the church that's been on the bottle for 20 and 30 years. And the church has to run around, change their diaper. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And the older they get, the... But let, let me get off of that. Hebrews 5.13 says, Everyone that's on milk is unskillful in the word. And, and I'm wondering if some folks' problem is they just unskillful in the word when they say stuff like, it don't work for me. You know, bishops always up there screaming and hollering. It, it, that, it just don't work for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unskillful in the word because they're still babies. Okay. Verse 14. Strong meat belongs to those that are of full age. By reason of use, they've, they've exercised their senses 
and they're able to discern good from evil. And the reason we're living in an age that calls right wrong and wrong right, we've raised up a generation that doesn't know the word. Oh, Lord, I'm, I, I, hear, I hear tablets clicking off right now. I'm, I'm sorry. Facebook will probably delete me here for the next few minutes. But, but the first step for growing into what's next is you have to wean yourself off the baby bottle and be able to endure some sound doctrine. You have to quit, you have to quit feeding from a place that you should have grown out of. Instead of sucking, you need to be feeding yourself. I better get back in the word. Verse number three, and ere the lamp of God went out in the temple, the lamp, the lamp of God was flickering in the temple, just like Eli's eyes were flickering in the temple. There, were, there was no natural nor spiritual uh, vision in that. So Samuel's growing. He's, he's only about seven years old, and, he, and he's growing in a dark place, in a flickering place where there's no spiritual vision and no prophetic word. Now, Eli's boys were priests, Hopna and Phineas, but your Bible says uh, they were sons of Belial. Don't be looking around right now. They were devils on wheels, and your Bible said they didn't know the Lord, they just hung around the church to try to gain the benefits. Uh, Samuel 2.17 says, their sin was very great before the Lord, verse 18, but Samuel ministered before the Lord. That, 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 that's a strange placement there. Their, their sins were great, verse 17, verse 18, but Samuel ministered before the Lord. Samuel 2, 17, their sin was very great before the Lord. Verse 18, but Samuel ministered before the Lord. He didn't let the darkness get in his spirit. He didn't let the negative influences around the church and, and the negative talk and the folks out in the parking lot just jacking their jaws when they are to be in the house of the... He, he, but, but see, Samuel saw all of that uh, growing up in the temple. Boy, you can see some things around church, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, help me, Lord. He didn't let all the negative, ugly wickedness that was around the temple get in his spirit. And the second step for growing into what is next in your life is you have to grow away from wickedness. Shout, I'm going to grow away from it. Paul said, when I was a child, I acted like a child. I acted stupid like a child. You've, you've seen kids just fall out in the floor. I was in HEB and a kid just fell out. He's on the toy aisle. I was looking for some toys. And, but just fell out 
on the floor and started pitching the fit. And his mama said, oh, come on, baby. Oh, come. See, if I, if I would have done that when I was his age, whoosha. See, I believe one of the things that helped Samuel, remember, he's only seven, eight years old in the temple. But once a year, for 21 days during the Feast of Tabernacles, Hannah would come in and say, baby, have you been serving? You hadn't been lying and cheating and stealing and, and, and going into the department store and changing shoes and leaving your old ones and walking out with the new ones. Oh, I've seen everything up around here. I've got calls from downtown. Do you know, uh, oh yeah. Well, they ought to know better by now because this old dog will howl. But, 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 but I, I believe that he was able to keep that out of his spirit because Hannah, Hannah would come. And for 21 days, once a year, but for 21 days, you know what mama told you. You, you, you know what I told you about church and you know what I told you about worship. And I, you know what I told you about just, just eat the chicken and spit out the bones. I mean, everything won't be right, but you can do everything right. Oh, that's good parenting right there. You've got to train up these children in the way they need to go. But, and then he served. Your Bible says that Samuel served in the temple. With all that crazy going on and all that bickering and complaining and backbiting and rumors and this that's wrong and that's wrong and I don't like that and I don't like that. All that craziness going on and Samuel just kept serving. It's, it, it wasn't that he didn't see it. He just kept he kept his eyes on the Lord. He kept his eyes on the prize. He, he knew God had something big uh, in his future. Uh, uh, Samuel 2 uh, 19 and Hannah made Samuel a coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came to the feast. Now, she only went to Shiloh once a year. How did she know what size to make that coat? I mean, Samuel couldn't FaceTime. He couldn't say, Mama, I have gained 20 pounds. I mean, I love your cooking, but I have been doing some eating up in here. How, how did she know what size to make that coat? Every year. She always made it too big. Just put it on for me, John. She would make that thing too big so he could grow into it. And, and, and what God showed me was, because when I, when I sent John my third step, 
he said, uh, Bishop, are you sure about this third step? I said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I worried about you being sure about what I was talking about. So, but, but God, see, he will, he will give you things that are bigger than you are. That, that they're bigger than you're thinking. They're, they're, they're bigger than you think you can get your arms around, but you've got to grow into it. And I want to prophesy that in 2021, God's going to open doors up that are B-I-G. They're, they're, they're going to be bigger than you think you can handle, but God said to tell you, just grow into it. It's, it's going to be bigger than you think. God said, tell them it's going to be bigger than they think it's going to be, but I'm going to help them grow into it. Shout, I'm going to grow into this thing. And your third step for growing into what's next, you when it looks like it's too big for you, grow into it. Yeah, go ahead and wake your other neighbor up and just say, grow up. See, you've got, you got to grow up. You've you got to put away some childish things. You've got to put away fighting with your spouse. I, th I thought you said you loved her. I thought you said up here, for better or for worse, and you hit one hiccup and you're ready to fight. Uh-oh, Lord, I lost the whole congregation on that. Mm -hmm. Verse number four. Oh, God help me. See, there's some big things coming. But you're going to have to grow into it. See, the coat, the coat, even though it was awkward. Where'd that coat go, John? I didn't tell you to put that up. I mean, that's my best point right there. See, it's going to look awkward. And people are going to look at you funny. Everybody up in the balcony, just look at him funny. Get that funny look. That funny, oh, what, what's he up to? What's up with that? That's pastor's pet. <laughs> See, you got to grow into that business person going into 2021. You, you got to grow into it. You, you got to grow into that entrepreneurial spirit. You, 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 you got to forget those things. Well, I got out there and try all hard. Just forget those things which are behind and you got to press. You got to, you got to keep pressing. I want all the entrepreneurs to shout. Yeah. Now, now, and, but, but you got to grow, but. But the coat reminded, it reminded Samuel, I'm going to have to grow into this. Uh, uh, I'm, I mean, right when I was getting comfortable in my, in my little coat, here, here God puts this big coat on me that's bigger than I am. It's, you know, I don't have the education for it or, you know, I, I don't have the mindset for it. I don't have good looks like Bishop for it. Uh, I, just, uh, I, I just don't know if I can handle it. The coat ought to remind you that God's got you covered. See, 
just like this gal right here. She's all wrapped up in her, see? She thinks the AC's too cold. See, okay, well, go to that side. It's, it's, we, we put the heat on that side and the AC on this side because we've got to try to make everybody happy. Okay, so, so the coat needs to remind you that God's got you covered. Everybody shout, God's got me covered. Pat called me on Tuesday, and she said, Bishop, uh, my, my, my dad's, uh, just to put it in layman's terms, he's got a kink in his intestines, and, 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 and it's causing all kinds of problems, and they're going to have to go in, and at that same moment, Pat didn't know it, I was with this coat. I was with this, I was in uh, the book of Samuel and I just immediately text her and I said, Pat, God's got you covered. See, and whatever you're going through right now, if you will just stay connected to God, even though you may feel uncomfortable, you may look crazy, and you, you, you may look like you're out of place and, and like you're a sore thumb, but God's got you covered. Derek, shout, God's got you covered. God's got you covered. Now, Verse number four, the Lord called out to Samuel. And Samuel said, here am I. Now, now mind you, the Ark of the Covenant is in the temple. Samuel's sleeping right next to the Ark of the Covenant where the raw presence of God existed. You, you know the Ark of the Covenant where, where, the, where the golden cup of manna was at to remind the children of Israel it's God that will provide supernaturally for. And it was Aaron's budding rod that, that should remind us uh, uh, that the miracle working power of God is still alive. And, and there was the, the tablets to where God's word will will be a lamp before your feet and a light before and, and Samuel was sleeping right next to the presence of God Eli his mentor was there Samuel had to have somebody to train him he would run to Eli when he didn't understand when, when something would happen and, and he couldn't figure it out he came to his mentor. Can I, can I give you a newsflash? You need one spiritual mentor. You don't need 10,000. If you've got one mentor, I mean, you ask 10 different people, they'll, you get 10 different opinions. You need one spiritual mentor, a, a, a something, okay? that you can go to and say, you know what, I'm going through this, and they won't get on the phone and say, you're not going to believe what they just told me. Can you believe this? That, that's what goes on in a, in a lot of... <clears throat> barren churches, where there's barren pastors that have no prophetic vision and no prophetic word, find you a mentor. Samuel did. He's serving in the temple. But look at verse 7. And Samuel still did not know the Lord. So he's going to his mentor. The, 
because that's the first voice that taught him the things of God. And God speaks three times. God speaks three. Who is a faithful father? Ooh, I just I feel like running right now. He's because see, when when Pastor Jason was growing up, I spoke one time. That was it. Okay. And I didn't do too bad of a job. But God is a faithful, faithful father. I, I was having lunch with a couple. My, my wife was with me. And, and they had, and they had a, at the time, a, a little 12-year-old girl. And, and, and she's running to the car across the parking lot to get her iPad so she could find out what was going on in the world. And her mom said, Daria? And her mama said, Daria! And that kid froze like her feet was in uh, molasses. And I realized right then, she didn't say, now baby, there's a car that's coming down that's speeding, that's speeding through. They're trying to show off their spinner wheels and, and, and their new speakers. So baby, you might ought to stop. Should have been dead if mama would have went through all that. I, I, I'm sorry. I, three. God speaks to him three, which, which represents three dimensions. You know, three in the supernatural is the supernatural. You know, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. There, there's, th there's three that agree in one. There's, there, there's the, the outer court, the inner court, the Holy of Holies. There, there's faith, hope, and love. And the greatest is the third dimension. God speaks to him. And heaven was wanting to know, will he listen? Or, or is he texting? He, he, heaven, heaven wants to know how Samuel going to respond to the voice of the Lord. Is he going to just try to get in and get, and get, and get out and, and get back to his own thing? And then earth was listening. And then hell was listening. <laughs> There's always three dimensions uh, that are, verse number eight, and the Lord called Samuel the third time, and he asked, he asked Eli, did you call me again? And Eli said, finally, go lay back down. And if you hear that voice again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Is listen. And Samuel has his first encounter with God in the temple. In a barren church, he has an encounter with God. With a flickering lamp, where there's no vision, where the, where the pastor is barren and in a dark place and has no vision, no prophetic voice, no prophetic word, and God shows up right in the middle of it all. Isn't God faithful? And the fourth step for growing into what's next, what's coming, is, is you have to have those precious, rare encounters with God. 
some of the most precious times that I've had were the most alarming times in my life. I, I remember I was, I was studying. I was upstairs at my desk, and Pastor Jason called, and they had just got a very negative, a very negative report uh, from the specialist, not a doctor, from the... And I, I, I can't keep up with all the medical terms. The, the neurologist, said, what was the report? Do you? Hydrocephalus. Hydrocephalus. And I didn't even know what that meant. And Pastor Jay said, I'm going online. I'm going to find exactly what all the symptoms are. And, and of course, back then, I didn't even know how to go online. So, so <laughs> I went on the other line and, and I said... I said, now, Father, I don't know what they're talking about. And as I was praying, David, I saw a little boy. He was about six years old, and he was dribbling the basketball, dribbling it behind his back, and then taking a shot. And, and, and I said, God, if you'll just let Levi dribble the ball, that's all I asked for. If you'll just let him dribble the ball and shoot it in the goal, I'll, I'll serve you without complaining the rest of my life. I made a vow, a vow. See, you get desperate, you'll make vows to God. I said, when nothing's changing and, and the doctor said there's nothing we can, you, you, you'll be amazed at the vows you'll start making to God. So... Katie sends me a video. I wished I had it to put it on the screens. But she sends me a video, and I'm studying, and, you know, it's, it's, it's long, about 10 o'clock, and my eyes are starting to cross a little bit because I was up at 4.30 and, and, and thinking, I don't know how this is going to go over. You know, I'd rather something a little more inspiring, Lord. And, and then when I, but I saw that video, and he was at the jump place. And he was jumping, and the specialist said, he'll be in a wheelchair. He'll, if he does walk, he'll have cr cr uh, leg, leg braces on both legs. And, and then I see him jumping. He, he, he's, he's, see, most of you can't even do it, but he's skipping. See, and, and most of y'all forgot how to skip, but, but, but he had his skip on, and then he gets a basketball, and he's dribbling all over the place and shooting it in the goal. And when I saw that, I closed my Bible, went downstairs, and began to share it with my wife. I said, baby, do you remember? Do you See, see you, you got to have these moments, baby, you, when, when you... When, these special, these rare moments, and it washed all over me. And I said, I tell you what, God, I'll say what I'll stand on my head if you want me to do, and I'll do it with a smile. See, see, when these special moments come, they'll wash all the depression off of you. They'll wash all the complaining and all the fussing and all the cussing and all the carrying on that goes around the church house. Somebody shout, I need a special moment. I need a rare encounter with God. See, to grow, to grow doesn't mean you'll always know what to do next. See, 
but God will always give you a proceeding word from heaven that will show you what to do. Uh, he's having, Samuel's having an Abrahamic moment. You, you remember when God shows up to Abraham and he says, I want you to leave your country, leave your family, and go to a place that I'll show you. Maybe that took faith to do that. Okay. I said, that took faith. Pat, what if I said, God just spoke to me and said for you to just leave your house, don't even put it for sale, just leave it, and, and, and I'll tell you where to go. I should probably go find another church. But he's going because God is showing. And, and if you'll go, God will show. See, we want God to show, then we'll go. But God said, I want you to go then, and God started showing, and, and Abraham started growing. He grew into the father of us all that operate in faith. Mm -hmm. but, but then God showed him a hard thing. You ever had God show you a hard thing? <laughs> Where you was wanting a promise, uh, but God speaks this word to you, and you're thinking, oh, my God, you've got to be kidding you got to be joking, God. Okay. He said, I want, you to, I want you to go make a sacrifice. I want you to go up on the mountain, sacrifice Isaac, your son, your only son that you love, and I'll show you where to go. Can you imagine Sarah when she says, baby, where y'all going? See, my wife calls me about three times a day. Where you at? Where are you going? When are you going to be home? Can you imagine Sarah? Where are you going with that wood and that knife? Can you see her? Can you see her running on those 120-year-old legs? Okay, then. It's your, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to make it plain. He leaves the servants at the bottom of the mountain and he says, y'all stay with the asses. And there's some people in your life, you just have to leave them with the asses. They just gonna weight you down anyway. Abraham said, I and the lad are going up yonder to worship. He called that difficult instruction, that, that hard word. Oh, my God. He, he, called, he called that rough word that God gave him, that word that he'd rather not got from the Lord. He called it worship, and God does too. And Isaac said, Daddy... I mean, we got the wood, it's on my back, and, and the knife, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said, 
the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. You, you see, God's just given us a glimpse uh, of what Jesus Christ did on Calvary's cross. He carried the wood up that same hill in Moriah. He carried it up and he said, not my will, not my opinion, not my feeling, not, not, but thy will be done. He said, hallelujah. I surrender my will to Jehovah. But he's coming down with the knife. Because Abraham, you know, he wasn't just a churchgoer. He had a relationship with God. He was rich, but it was because of his relationship with God. He, he, he didn't let his money get in the way of his relationship uh, with God. And God said, Abraham, Abraham, don't lay a hand on your son. I was just wanting to see if I could trust you with all this. And he said, Look over your shoulder. There's a ram caught in the thicket. And Abraham called that place unto today, Jehovah Jireh. It, it's the Lord that provides for me. It, it, the Lord is my source. It's the Lord that I look to. I don't look to the government. I don't look to the White House. I look to the Lord. He is my source. If God's your source, shout amen. Now, now, because he didn't hesitate over the hard thing that God said, God said, I swear I'm going to bless you. In blessing, I'm going to bless you. And in multiplying, I'm going to multiply your family. Verse number 10, I got to hurry. The Lord, the Lord called as he did at other times, Samuel, Samuel, when he's trying to get your attention. I said, when God is trying, can't we get distracted? When he's trying to get your attention, he'll just beat a dead horse. He'll just, he'll just keep on. Samuel, Sam, this is the fourth time for God's sake. And Samuel says, here am I. And God, and God gives his first mission. He gives him a hard, difficult assignment. God said, I'm judging Eli, your mentor. The one that taught you. And I want you to bring him this difficult message of judgment. Hmm. And your Bible said Samuel struggled all night. And the fifth step for growing into what's next, you can't hesitate over making hard, painful decisions. See, God had warned Eli about the iniquity that was in his house, but he would let it slide. He thought, uh, you know, they're my boys. They're, you know, they're, they've got issues, but they're my boys. 
And, and because he wouldn't make the hard, now he talked to them, just like some of y'all do. He talked to them, but he wouldn't correct them. There's a big difference in just talking to son. You shouldn't be doing that. He should have set their butts down and said, you're on a one-year sabbatical. And if I see that one more time, you're out for good. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I meant to say buttocks. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, but he wouldn't correct them. He, he wouldn't. He wouldn't correct them. And God had warned. He had warned and warned. And God will warn and warn and warn. But God takes no pleasure in those that hold back. Stand with me. This is the 10th day of Rosh Hashanah. Which is a time of reflection and repentance. That cultivates at sundown today into Yon Kippur. Yon Kippur is the day of atonement, but it starts at sundown today. We've been through 10 days of reflection, or we should have been reflection and repentance. Repentance. for the things that we've let go in our, in our life. Mm -hmm. And it's the highest feast day of the Lord, the Day of Atonement is. It's when that bullock was slain. And, And when God saw the blood, he would cause their sins to be covered. And then the people would rejoice. The Hebrew calls it Mo'adah. It's when God comes close to his people. It's when God does things that, that only God can do. I want us all to come around the altar. From the balcony, from all over the house. And I, I want us to just, as we come, reflect. I know you're busy. I know you get, but, but we need to take time on this highest feast day. And I know you have things pressing, and, and I know. But see, God can take care of anything that's pressing. And as we stand in his house, this isn't my house. This is God's house. I, I watched Franklin Graham yesterday as he was repenting for the whole nation. in Washington, D.C., where hundreds of thousands gathered. But it was a time to say, God, I've been arrogant. God, I, I've been letting my opinion be God. 
and I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm wrong. And I just ask you to cover me. But, and, and I'm not, I'm not standing instead of the whole nation. I'm just standing instead of Christian world. And I'm praying, Father, forgive us for our anger this year for our negative attitudes this year for the times that we complained when we should have been giving you thanks we should have been using that energy giving you praise and worshiping your name so we stand here as just a church body of Christ and as one of the spokesmen here I just ask you to forgive us for our negligence and, and for the times we weren't the parents we needed to be in the house and we weren't the spouse that we promised we would be at the altar so on this day of reflection, as we're reminded of all the miracles that you worked in our life when, when, when there was no way and you made a way out of no way, we, we just want to stand here and say, thank you. Thank you for it, Father. For, thank you for covering our family. Thank you for healing our family. If, if, if you wouldn't have stepped in, we wouldn't even be a family. But, but you covered us. We thank you for it, but, but we also repent. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to bow my knee for the Christian world family. And just ask you to have mercy. We've made mistakes. There's times we've been stupid. But we bow our knee to you today. In the name of Jesus. If you receive the word of the Lord, give God one more hand praise here today. I'm thankful. Just thank him for his amazing grace. Because it's sundown tonight is the day of atonement when God will just cover everything with his amazing grace.
First Samuel, when Hannah weaned Samuel, she took with her to the Feast of Tabernacles three bullocks, one ephod of flour, and a bottle of wine, and brought it to the house of the Lord. Now, in, in today's market, a registered heifer bull will cost you $25,000. She brought three bulls to the house of the Lord to Shiloh. Now, these bulls, depending on the size of the flock, we've dropped eight calves this year already because of one strong. The Hebrew says this was a prized bull. That's the one that has that white face. The Hebrew said, Hannah, she brought three prized bulls that could have dropped calves all year long, but she brought them to the house of the Lord as an offering at the Feast of Tabernacles. For Because God blessed her and gave her favor, not only did she have Samuel, she had five other children. Three more boys and two girls. And I just want to challenge you, if, if you've reflected on the miracles that God has worked in your life this year. I'm not talking about five years ago. I'm just talking about this year. I, I want you to bring an offering to the Lord. This was a sacrifice. The scripture says they slew one of the bulls and had a feast. And Father, thank you for receiving our repentance you said repent and the times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord thank you for refreshing us with your word today thank you for your blessing thank you for all the miracles you've worked this year and we're looking for bigger things in 2021 and everybody shout in the name of Jesus God bless you. We love you. You bring your offerings to the altar. Let God know how thankful you are for keeping you this year. We'll see you Wednesday night in the name of Jesus.